Welcome to the iHealth Podcast, a podcast for you to relate to like-minded individuals discussing hot topics all related to rehab, fitness, and business. Brought to you by Iron Health from Westchester, New York. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in here to this episode. Today we have Master Chris Burlow. He is a Taekwondo master, and he is one of the owners of UMAC, which is a Taekwondo studio in Westchester, New York. It was a pleasure to speak with him because there's a lot of knowledge. Not only do we dive into what Taekwondo is and how you gain discipline and structure in Taekwondo, but we also dive into mindset and his business called Empowered Mastery, where you dissect your mind and you start to create a new narrative to make yourself better and to develop as a person and to grow as a person. Really great stuff here. I've worked with Master Berlo myself and I can't say anything negative about it. It was fantastic and to this day he's still a mentor to me. So I hope you enjoy. About UMAC and your history of Taekwondo. Start there and like okay. kind of how that happened. Sure, sure. Well, for me... Um, I started my Taekwondo training back in 1983. Wow. I was a young kid. Uh, I was 13 years old. So yes, that's how old I am. I'm 50 now. Um, I was 13 years old. And uh, I, I had a really rough upbringing. Like my, my childhood was very bad. Um, you know, I lost a brother. He got hit by a car. I got... Uh, you know, then my, my mother remarried the gentleman he remarried was on the job and saw some really bad things, a uh, construction job, right. Mm-hmm. Uncovered some really bad stuff, kind of put him in a mental hospital and then alcohol, like it was bad. So by the time I was like 12 years old, I have seen more in my life than a lot of kids or adults would ever see a lot of, neg- you know, very hard. So at the time when I started Taekwondo, I had already, even at a young age, was exposed to some really negative things and I was had the potential to go down a wrong path. However, when I started training, my Taekwondo training gave me focus, gave me purpose, and gave me an identity. Mm. And that's why I have such a strong commitment or connection to my training because it literally, I would say, saved my life. Wow. Changed my life, saved my life, formed my life, created whatever you want to call. So I, right, so that's why it's so important to me. When I started in 1983, like I, I was all in, I was, uh, I, you know, started out and it was all about competition. So I think after three months of training, I went to my first tournament, um, I didn't win. I was a white belt, fought a blue belt, uh, didn't win. And then shortly after, within a year, I was New York State champion, went to my first Junior Olympics in 1984 and uh, ended up winning, I think, a gold medal in the Junior Olympics. Then the next year at Red Belt, went back and won bronze medal. And then in 1980, and then just continued to compete and compete, compete. And in 1989, I won in the national championships. Wow. Um, now, 
when you win in the national championships, it exposes you to the national circuit. And then you go to the U.S. team trials. Um, I ended up taking third at the team trials uh, back in 1989. And, uh, and it was great, right? I fought really well. I probably should have came in second. The guy who went to the Olympics was definitely the favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it happens. And then right after that, in 1989, I shifted my focus from training, like competing, to teaching. I didn't stop training, but then I started teaching. And I found more of a fulfillment in teaching um, and sharing Taekwondo to others than I did with, uh, for myself and competition. Very cool. Right. I, there's still a void. Like I still like thinking back and like, man, I should be, I, I watched Rocky the other day and I'm like, man, maybe I, I was like Rocky, whatever, where he came out of retirement and fought the guy who broke his hand on him. And I'm like, maybe I can get out of there and I can go and fight again. <laughs> right? But I don't think my knee will let me. Yeah. But, but I literally said that to my wife just two days ago. That's hilarious. Um, well, you probably get watching Rocky too and getting jacked up, you know? Oh my goodness, of course. I'm like ready to roll. I'm like, I could still do it because my mind can still do it. Yeah. Right. And, and there's certain techniques like I know I can still, like, I land. I could, I'll land them. Yeah. But unfortunately, there's some that my mind thinks I can, but my knee won't let me. Gotcha. So it's pretty, you're, it's you're pretty by your body. Yeah, yeah, definitely. How did, how definitely. did you find Taekwondo, though? Like, where, where was your first training? Like, how did you walk into that gym? Was it just on a whim or were you put well, direction? It, my friend and I used to ride bicycles all the time. And there was this school in, in Peaks, not Peekskill, but on the way to Peekskill um, from, uh, from Yorktown. Mm-hmm. And it had black belt on it, on top of it. And that was the letters. And and it was the same time when the Karate Kid came out. So it was a pretty popular thing. The original Karate Kid. And we rode our bicycles and went there and registered on this trial. And then trained there all summer. And then I worked all summer that summer. I used to peel potatoes at a local diner. And right, this is the true, true stuff. Wow. Um, peel potatoes at local, and I paid $480 in cash to my instructor for a year's of tuition. Oh, wow. Years worth of tuition. And then I continued and yeah, I would work and then I would train. I was so committed that I used to run eight miles three times a week from my high school to the Taekwondo school um, because I had no ride. Wow. And I wanted to get there for an afternoon training. Like it was crazy. So you were, di- I was, you were addicted uh, to it. I was addicted. I was obsessed. And you know, I would, you know, of course I should have been paying attention in school, but I would literally be drawing pictures of myself on top of a podium with USA in the back of my Taekwondo uniform. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was, I was obsessed. That's amazing. I was obsessed. And it was rewarding. That was, I mean, I loved it. Yeah. All I wanted to do was train and fight. And, uh, you know, my friend would, I would meet, and we would do 500 back kicks every day on a heavy bag, just pounding the bag. Um, you know, so I, I have to say my father was a really hard worker. Um, my stepfather, my, one of my mother remarried, my father was a really hard, my stepfather was a really hard worker. Mm -hmm. 
And he taught me how to work hard and have the work ethic um, that I have. So, so that's a tribute to his, his, uh, his teachings, I would say. That's awesome. And that's, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting when you see people who are at the top of like any sport, right? It's, they all have a similar story. There was one point that they yeah. were, I mean, well, they probably still are like you too. Like you're, you become obsessed with that and that's, that becomes your life, you know? Right. I agree. I agree. I think it's a mindset, mm-hmm. right? It's a mindset. It's like how, yeah, it's a, it's a mindset, like holding yourself, pushing yourself, challenging yourself and just driving more, right? Being a driver. Yeah. Right. I, and absolutely. not and taking, taking control of your own success. I think that's key too. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. I mean, it, it's uh, not many people believe that you can take control of your own success, right? Like people think that they're given what they're given. Right. You know, and I know this right. falls into kind of your other company of Empowered Mastery, which we'll touch on later, but yeah. what are some ways you kind of help people break that mold? Well, I think it's in the martial arts, it's, it's progressive, right? And I know you train, right? You're training in uh, jujitsu, right? Right. So in the beginning, what your white belt and a martial art, your white belt mm-hmm. and the white belt represents innocence, right? And lack of knowledge, really. Um, and then as you increase in your knowledge base, you earn the right to advance to different color belt, right? And then that becomes more difficult and more challenging. And as you accomplish those, those ranks, you become more confident, not only in what you're doing, but in yourself and your own abilities. Um, so I think that's why martial arts is so important for people. And ev- I think everybody should do it mm-hmm. or something like it, right? Because if you ever look about somebody who's a really true martial artist and the way they present themselves, they, they walk a certain way, they talk a certain way, they have a certain stature uh, about them. Stature, is that the word? I think so, right? yeah. They have a certain, po- yeah, stature about them, right? They, they're wise beyond their years and they look at things from almost a third person perspective. They don't react hastily right? They're a little bit more patient, a little bit more calm, but that's because of the work and the accomplishments that they had that they don't need to prove themselves because of their training. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I hope I answered the question. No, you did. You did. Kind of, kind of. <laughs> right. But, it, but it's a progressive and it's something that has to be earned over time. Mm-hmm. How, how do you describe Taekwondo to beginners though? Because it's a, uh... When any martial art, right? Like people are one, they're afraid of it or intimidated. Mm-hmm. So how do you describe the process of, of Taekwondo and its core principles there? Well, it depends on if it's a child or an adult, right? A child, um, you know, we want to make it fun for them, um, but also communicate with the parents that, yes, your child is going to have fun, but we have certain standards that must be met. And they have to follow the rules and abide by the standards. Mm. Um, and those standards are discipline and respect and so on. For an adult, when I talk to adults about Taekwondo, the first thing I explain to them is that, that, that Taekwondo is a physical uh, 
activity for sure. You are going to learn techniques. You're going to learn self-defense. You're going to learn. You're going to improve your flexibility. You're going to improve your strength. Um, but more important than that is you're going to develop the identity and the mindset of a martial artist. Mm-hmm. And that is where you're going to have more confidence. Um, and you're going to, you know, because we follow the five, uh, the five tenets of Taekwondo, uh, respect, integrity, perseverance, indomitable spirit, and self-control. And the hope is that they have the ability, everybody that trains has the ability to apply those values into the other areas of their life. Mm. So I explained to them that a true martial artist is not somebody that, that can just kick and punch. A true martial artist is somebody who, who lives the martial way, right? Who lives with those tenants. And those tenants become their value system in every single thing that they do. Mm. And then ultimately what we strive for is the connection between our mind, body, and spirit. And when you achieve the connection of mind, body, and spirit, then you have experienced what we would consider to be true harmony. Is that that's, that's good? very good, very good. <laughs> so in Taekwondo, the like the techniques itself are really secondary to developing like a your mindset first and your internal. Absolutely. So any martial art should should be that way. Mm-hmm. Any martial art. I, you remember the movie? I don't know if you saw it, uh, The Last Samurai. You ever see it? Um, no. With uh, Tom, you should see. It. I know it's really. It's on, it's on my list, actually. All right, so that's your homework. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Like it's awesome, and and reason why is because obviously, like I'm not going to give the story because it really is a wonderful story. But basically, an American shoulder so, shoulder soldier gets captured by the samurai. The samurai, for some reason, the the samurai leader is so in awe about the spirit of this one this one um soldier he was like the the commander or whatever mm-hmm. that he takes him back to his camp to study his ways not his fighting techniques but about his mindset and then all of a sudden this soldier learns the ways of the samurai to realize that it's not about the fighting it's about their existence mm about being spiritual and peaceful and and having balance between the soft and the hard. The hard being the combat, but the soft being the, I, I guess, the appreciation that spiritual side of training. Mm. So, I, it's, it's, you should see the movie. Yeah. It's really, anybody, anybody who's listening to watch the last one, because <laughs> I think they really captured the true essence of martial It's definitely on my list. I'm going to check it out. For someone who's um, in that case, then like, what are your what is your main focus on? Let's say a beginner who's a child, and then a beginner who's an adult. Like, what do those beginning phases of Taekwondo look like? Uh, The beginning phases of a child is getting them to understand our rules. And when I say rules, is that there are two things. This is uh, what my staff does. and that I would, I'd say there are two qualifications that every student must have in order to be a member of our school. They must demonstrate self-control and they must show respect. Mm-hmm. If they demonstrate self-control and they show respect, 
then we allow them to come into the school. So how do we, how do they demonstrate self-control? One, they have to have the ability to sit straight and stand straight. It's very simple, right? But that shows us as instructors that they could follow the rules and that they're teachable. And as far as respect, that they know to say yes, sir, and no, sir, or yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and that they bow, mm-hmm. right? Um, because those two things, if, and I say to the if children, even if they're five years old, I say, we say that if, um, when you show self-control, the instructors could teach you anything. But when you show respect, the instructors will go out of their way to teach you and help you become the best martial artist you can mm-hmm. be. Of course, we interact some of the physical training. We look at their flexibility, their kicking, and so on. They're going to learn foundational techniques. You know, Taekwondo is a striking art, so a lot of blocks and kicks and stuff like that, um, right? A lot of kata, or the kata is Japanese, but in uh, Korean, it's Korean art, they call called pumse. Um, but the Taekwondo forms or patterns, uh, self-defense techniques. So they learn everything um, and strict requirements that we have to, to advance. However, uh, however, the real thing that we're looking for is that they understand how to demonstrate self-control and respect. And for the adults, I mean, I'd like to say it's a lot different, but it's really not. A lot of it is about, um, is a, you know, about them understanding our culture and environment. And when they understand what we're working towards, it doesn't matter what we're doing as far as, you know, we follow our, our training, right? Mm-hmm. We have certain requirements and same requirements for a child and adult. Of course, the adults, we have a little bit higher standards. Um, we try to deep teach them a little bit more in-depth training. But for the most part, it's, uh, it's teaching them just to be solid, uh, strong martial artists. But... Uh, the key is that they understand the culture and that culture is an environment of respect and discipline. And they thought we follow the five tenets mm-hmm. of Taekwondo. What happens if, if you have like a kid who's, who it's really hard for them to follow that, you know, what is your, like, if you have a tough kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, usually I want to kick. No, I'll say, what we we so we will do our best to pull the students rather than push them mm-hmm. right and this goes anybody adults children empowered mastery coaching clients we want to inspire them so every day we set things we help them we help we share our expectations of the students at the beginning of every class especially children and we utilize a whiteboard, and on the whiteboard, which is a dry erase board, we just, we ask them what's important to a Taekwondo student, and then they will uh, say self control, respect, integrity. We put them on the board, those values on the board. Then when a student displays those values, we give them recognition by allowing them to put their name on the board. Mm. Right. So this way, we end up inspiring them and motivating regular motivating them regularly right consistently to do the right thing now if they consistently are challenging us and which we don't have that much anymore i don't know why 
I think uh, maybe our instruction got better, but I haven't heard. I mean, there's definitely some challenges, yeah. but nothing where, I mean, I think maybe only twice in 20 years I've had to kick somebody out of the school. Okay. Because what happens is that if they don't mesh with the culture, they end up leaving. Yeah. Right. It's a, it, it, That's yeah. Very true. They, end up they just don't, it just, they just won't come back because it's just not. Right. It doesn't resonate. Yeah. With it makes a lot of sense. Mm. So how did, how did this whole thing start though with you, Mac? You know, you guys have, how many locations are there? Great question. Uh, so United Mars Watson, we have three, four, three, one. So it's three plus four is seven. Seven plus three is 10, 11. So we have right now seven locations. And in those locations, no, say seven, no, 11, 11 locations. 11. I'm sorry. Uh, so there's four founders of United Martial Arts Centers. And we formed back in 2001. And basically, I have a background in education. And uh, so my teaching strategies have always been pretty good because I've applied the educational values to my instruction. So I was always a really good teacher. And my partner, um, Grandmaster Paul Malella, whom you mm -hmm. know, uh, he is really good at systems development. Then we had another guy, uh, another grandmaster, his name is Ed Cherifella. He was really good at marketing. And then another individual, Joe Bedini, Master Joe Bedini, he was really good at finance. So we had an educational guy, a finance guy, a marketing guy, and a systems guy. So we said, okay, well, let's unite together. And that's United Martial Arts Centers. Mm -hmm. and, and create a system that would give our students the opportunity to open schools under us. And then we can make more of an impact through, uh, you know, through our teaching, mm. right? So we could ex expand the values of, of Taekwondo. And everything was great. And we had uh, the marketing guy who was really a go-getter. And he had some really ambitious goals. Me, I just wanted to stay on the floor and teach classes because that's what I was passionate mm -hmm. about. And But we did work really hard at it. However... Um, and we're still going at it, but um, our model did not work out wonderfully well because if you try to get somebody else who's a martial artist into our culture that they didn't grow up in it, it doesn't work because they have seen the martial arts as a lot of egos. Have you experienced that? Uh, somewhat. It really, it really depends, right? yeah. Yeah, a lot of the there, there's a lot of egos, right? I don't really have that much of an ego, but personally, but there's a lot. It's very ego driven, mm -hmm. and everybody's way is their way, and there's not there's not a lot of flexibility. So when you try to recruit somebody to open up a school under you, that comes from a different, and they have their own ways of doing things. They're not very flexible in a different way. Mm -hmm. So that model didn't work with all of us being fairly young instructors because we're good for 2001. I was only, you know, had my school only for a couple of years. We didn't have, we didn't have like students under us for a very long time ready to open schools. So, so the timing wasn't mm -hmm. right. 
Then the other challenge that we had was that our marketing guy and our finance guy argued all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the marketing guy saying, I need more money, I need more money, I need more money. And the finance guy saying, you can't have it, you can't have it, you yeah. can't have it. And it ended up being really, really challenging. So as you know, time goes on, we step away from the franchise piece, right? Which is what we were trying to do. And then, um, then we started having students who went through our program since young children become of age to open schools and they want to do this as a valid career. Mm -hmm. So there's almost been a resurgence, but, but we've been doing school, school owned uh, schools, right? So we would open the school and then we would have somebody become the director. Gotcha. That's right. That's kind of what we've been doing lately yeah. um, with it. That's an interesting model. You know, it's a, uh, it's early on, I guess you might, guys might've had a lot of chefs in the kitchen there. A lot of chefs. And, 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 I, and me personally, I didn't really mm -hmm. care. I just wanted to teach. I was a teacher, right? I wanted to teach. I didn't really care about business as much. Um, I was really bad. Dr. Joe, like I'll tell you when, uh, when, when we would have to meet every week and we'd have to give statistics about what our business mm -hmm. did every week. I just made them up. <laughs> I made them up because I didn't care. Like I look, I was busier. I, I was super busy. I couldn't keep track of the amount of students coming in. Right. And I, but it wasn't because I had, I was keeping numbers is because I was creating incredible value I was so unbelievably passionate about about the impact I wanted to make. Mm -hmm. Right? It had nothing to do with money. It was just about the impact. Yeah. Um, you know, so that that's yeah. I used to I used to make them up, <laughs> and uh, it was really it, they, they caught on after a while. But it was pretty. That is funny. pretty funny. That's <laughs> that's hilarious. I don't know if many people can hear that. <laughs> now now it's real. Now I now I give real statistics, and I I expect my staff to give me real statistics. Too. <laughs> well, now you have what? Like your main school is Briarcliff and Shrub Oak, right? Yeah, my main school is Briarcliff, mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think we're basically you and I are all in the same community, yeah. right? So Briarcliff is my main location. We have um, well, prior to coronavirus, we had like you know, about 300 students and 60 people in our aftercare program, uh, 7,400 square foot building, freestanding. So it's a beautiful mm -hmm. place. Um, and then uh, in Treboke, we opened up about three years ago and my son and my wife operate that one. And uh, it does very well. We recently bought a building up there as well. And we're renovating that now. So we'll move the school into there. We're going to go from 2,000 square foot to 4,000 square foot space. Mm -hmm. um, and then one of my students, um, who's just a rock star of an individual, his name is Vinny Balantonio, and he operates the Ardsley uh, location, which is 100% his. Um, but he's just an incredible, incredible student, and, uh, and he runs an, he's a great program. I'm sure you hear those kids yelling. Oh, yeah, they're so knocking on my doors down there and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Where do you see it growing from where it is now? Like with these, with these three locations, let's say like, where do you want to take it? 
Uh, what I see happening is I see, I see myself always being involved, um, but at a different level. Um, I don't see, I see myself personally teaching workshops and seminars and, and really advancing in my own personal training mm-hmm. so I could train my staff and train any, anybody under me. But I do see my, I want to see myself, I want to remove myself from the day-to-day operations um, in the next couple of years. And I want to focus just on training. Okay. My, I would love to see my son take over my role and oversee the schools. I also have a number of students who work for me now um, who are looking to open schools. So I would say within the next three, four years, I'll have, have, I'll have two more other UMAC locations open. Nice. Right. And because, uh, yes, yeah, because they're working for me now and they're training and then and their responsibility is going to be able to train somebody else under them and they'll become my head instructors. That's, really, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's because. So here's the point. The point is that these a lot of the students now have been with me for so many years that now they they want to have this as a valid career where before they didn't they didn't mm-hmm. know like I mean we didn't had they were we, we we didn't have enough history and we were trying to get people to come into our our organization that didn't grow that didn't have understand the culture. Now we've had them since they were young children. So they know nothing but our culture. Yeah. Right. That's and the they, they, so that's they, why we're able to open they see the proof of success there. So it's kind of like you guys exactly. have a track record. So that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it is. I'm really I have I'm blessed with, with some really great individuals. Awesome. That's that's great, man. And New Mac is a it's a powerhouse over here. So that's that's awesome. But I want to kind of pivot to the empowered mastery, obviously, be and going through the yes. program and seeing the benefits there, I think it's great to educate as many people as possible on it. So kind of what is Empower Mastery? You know, as you would say, what's your worthy ideal there, you know? Yeah, yeah. So Empowered Mastery is uh, is basically uh, my partner, Grandma Spomalella, and I um, teamed up with two other individuals. One was very successful in the financial services. Another one, um, was retired at the age of 39, was really wealthy, had a lot of money, but was miserable. And it wasn't until he applied the values of our company that he found really true happiness. So the four of us uh, came together, a um, little bit for different reasons, and we formed our company called Empowered Mastery. Um, for myself and Grandmaster Paul Malella, we formed it because we have made a profound impact in the lives of our students. And we would host these weekend retreats. And the, like, we would have people like making declarations, life-changing declarations um, that would alter the rest of their, their career or their life. And you know, people were throwing cigarettes into a bonfire or they're coming up and saying, I, I got the promotion of my dreams and all this kind of stuff. And we're like, wow, if we're doing this for our students, 
but there's so many other people that need this. How can we take this philosophy and bring it out to the public? How can we take, because right now we're able to impact the people that would come into our schools, but now how do we get it? How do we get it out there? And we formed Empowered Mastery as an avenue in which we could bring these martial arts values to people who are not necessarily going to walk into our schools. Um, we started the company in 2008 uh, and we've done very well. Our, our clientele is pretty much uh, professionals and entrepreneurs. Um, and my wife just walked in. <laughs> she laughed at me for some reason. Um, but we work with a more like professionals and entrepreneurs, business owners, um, people who are driven, people who are excited, um, inspired, motivated, and who want to improve. Mm. Um, and we've been we've been very very fortunate. We've had the opportunity to really travel across the country and give seminars and talks and um, and uh, living through what we call the worthy ideal. So you had referred to worthy ideal. So worthy ideal is basically your, your big mission that you would like to accomplish in your, in your mm -hmm. lifetime. And each individual should have a personal worthy ideal. Now, the worthy ideal is bigger than them. It's bigger than the individual. It's the legacy that they want to leave. It's something that you wake up excited to accomplish every day. Like you're, you're inspired, you know, um, you don't ever have to go to work when you have a worthy mm -hmm. ideal. You go to fulfill mm -hmm. a passion, right? So Empowered Mastery, our worthy ideal, is to inspire and impact professionals and entrepreneurs to achieve ultimate success personally, professionally, physically, and spiritually so they could live a life filled with passion and purpose. That is why we do what That's we awesome. do. And that is why we juggle, right? Both my partner and I, and the reason why I say a partner is because our other two partners retired from the company. Um, one had to pay attention to his business and the other one, it's his second retirement. He said, I want to travel mm. with my wife. So he stepped <laughs> away, right? Uh, but, right? But he's still doing really yeah. well, of course. Uh, and we're still great, great relationships and great friends and, and so on. But, um, but that's why we, we work so hard at what we do and, and just to, uh, just to help individuals achieve better results. See, a lot of the people that come to us is they, they want to make more money. And then they work with us to realize that it's not about that they want to make more money. They realize how important it is to have balance and harmony mm. in their life because they are so focused on career. And you yep. remember, right? We would, we would say, okay, yes, we want to focus on business, but how's your health? You want to focus on business and health. Okay. How's your relationships? Because if your health is not good, how are you going to have the energy to, to fulfill your obligations at, at your yeah. career? If you're, Right. If your relationships are not good at home, how are you going to be able to free up the mental energy to go and fulfill your other obligations?
right? So we, we really in, encourage on, um, we promote multidimensional success. And that is success in different areas. Uh, a lot of, and that's, that's different from the everybody. Like some people, it's work, it's their career, it's relationships, it's health, and it's family. That's a lot of people mm-hmm. have it that way. Some other t- sometimes people will put spirituality high up there. Sometimes people will put charity up there. Some people put fun, right? It all depends on the individual. Um, but what we really want them to do is that they're progressing and moving forward in multiple areas, not just professionally. So we're not business coaches. We're like, and we're not life coaches. I like to say that we're performing. Mm, I thought. We want, right? We want to take somebody who's driven, right? And motivated and inspired, but to perform at a peak level, perform at a higher level, right? In, in their life, in their business, in their health, and whatever, whatever interests or worldly causes that they're interested in. That's what I like to, to say about, um, you know, what we really That's try awesome. to do. What do you, it's fun. What do you say? Yeah. Well, what do you think is like, <laughs> limiting factors in people's growth in that area, like the biggest limiting factors that you kind of see across the board? It, it definitely varies. Um, most of the time, believe it or not, limiting factors comes from things that have been said to have happened to them years before. Mm. Um, and that's one. Right. So a lot of times individuals come to us and then they they have certain behaviors, but they don't know why they have these behaviors. And we help them identify why they have them their behaviors and then give them the tools to change it. To change those behaviors and cut loose some of those behaviors so they can really, um, you know, actualize their Mm. potential. Right. So that's one. A lot of other people um, are so, they inundate themselves with negativity. For example, a lot of times people, like, I, like honestly, Dr. Joe, I don't watch mm-hmm. the news. I've been watching it lately because of what's going on right now in, in this time, right? But I don't watch the news, right? Because what, what is, what's happening, right? What, what does the news highlight? The news highlights everything negative. And if I have somebody who is a financial, they're working in the finance, we work a lot of the financial advisors because they seem to have a little difficulty balancing mm-hmm. a lot of things. So we work with a lot of financial advisors. Uh, not all of them, right? But, but some. And, uh, and what we find is that they go and they watch the news first thing as they wake up. So right away, they're filling their mind with everything that's going wrong with the world. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so true. Right. So how inspiring is it? Right? And they're, they're looking at the, Oh, the economy, this and the economy that and now they have to go, go like, you know, whatever, like produce uh, and sell whatever they're going <laughs> to sell. Right. The people, but already, it's like they already left the house defeated. Right. So, so we, um, we, we encourage them to limit that. We encourage them to have their voices on the inside overpower the voices on the outside and the influences on the outside. And when somebody can do that, then they are in control of their own thoughts and their own life. 
and the rest of the world is not controlling them. That's what we really work hard. That's awesome. That's uh, yeah, makes sense. Well, it does make sense for you, you know. And and when when you say that stuff too, like it's, I could see that people in finance really having that issue because you're right. Like, what are you filling your brain with, right? Like right away. Oh my goodness! Like, what are some what are some good tactics or uh, techniques you use to help people kind of get beyond that? You know, like let's say first thing in the morning. Oh, first thing in the morning, uh, they have to set their mind up for success. I think you use the term mm-hmm. of priming, right? Um, and we call them mind muscle exercises. And basically, like people go to the gym or they go and exercise to build their physical muscles. I also believe it's equally important to develop your, your mental muscles, your mind. How do you develop your mind, right? Is by by creating empowering statements or filling almost like positive self-talking yourself to have a great day. Like, like just even that in Mm -hmm. itself, like boosting up your, the way you feel about yourself and what you do about being positive um, and setting yourself up for success you know, otherwise, I think when you don't do that, you are starting your day at a disadvantage, right? Um, because you're going to like everything becomes a problem or a crisis mm-hmm. or something. But if you start your day empowered and some for some people, it's listening to a positive p- podcast. For some people, it could be just putting on a power song, right? Um, writing in a journal, whatever it is that you need to do to set up a morning rituals or routine to get your foot on the right, to get your, you know, your, your, your right foot in front, whatever you want to call, right. To get your mm-hmm. mindset, right. And I think that's the key. That's the key. Oh, one of the things that we've been doing lately is I've been encouraging, and this is from my grandmaster, our uh, meditation that they start their meditation in the morning and they ask themselves and they reflect on a question. And the question is, if today is to be my last day on earth, how do I mm. choose to live? And if they, if they go through that and they contemplate on that statement and then they make certain decisions on living that way, it's inevitable that they're going to have a really productive and great yeah. day. Because you're going to make everything Absolutely. count. That's a good one. I like that. Right. And then the evening meditation is if today was to have been my last day on earth, how did I live? How did I do? Did I do good with my relationships? Did I put forth my, was I living my best life and being the best mm-hmm. version of myself? Those are great. Yeah. Absolutely. Great stuff, it's, right. It's amazing how important <laughs> like self-reflection and uh, all this stuff really is oh. for development, you know? Right. And, and not enough people mm-hmm. are aware of this. Right. A lot. They, they're allowing their lives rule them instead of them controlling their lives. And I, I hope that, you know, anybody who listens to this um, will will really take that to heart. Right. That your voices on the inside mm-hmm. should like nobody 
could, should or could really say anything that should upset you. Because you should have such a sense of self that it just rolls right off. Right? That's that's where I think everybody should, should Absolutely. try to That's make. definitely you know easier said than done, but it's I agree, it's it's where we want to be, it right? Is. That's the yeah. key to happiness. That is the key to happiness. Awesome. So let's uh let's close this up. If you have any like final thoughts or some ways people can find out about either UMAC or Empower Mastery. Sure, I would love to. Um you know, final thoughts is just like everybody, uh, you know, we have one opportunity at this, right? Uh, this life and you make it whatever you make it. Don't expect anybody to make it for you. Right. And you have to take control and create your mm. best life possible. And it's going to come from within you. Um, find your purpose. Um, find, do what you love to do. Don't work for money, work for fulfillment and money will will you will be compensated in direct proportion to the impact that you make i think that's the key that's thing awesome. to note there um right and for anybody who's interested you know i we i you know on the united martial arts center's front if anybody is interested in martial arts and they live in the in our community we have briarcliff shrabok ardsley we have carmel fishgill um where else do we have Newburgh, LaGrange, right? And Warwick and Harriman, I think Harriman Monroe actually, and uh, Middletown. So we have lots of locations, uh, different owners, of course, but we would love to, you know, to uh, invite you to come try our class anytime. It's a traditional Taekwondo training um, with a little personal development in there as well. And as far as Empowered Mastery, if you are a professional entrepreneur, um, that is really looking to develop balance and harmony or to take your business and your relationships and your health to a, a different level, uh, then please come reach out to me. I'd love to have a conversation. Um, that'd be no problem. And uh, our website is empoweredmastery.com. Um, I think we're on Facebook and uh, Empowered Mastery. Uh, but you can look me up, Christopher Burlow. Uh, on facebook linkedin we're on linkedin facebook i think my partner does instagram i'm still <laughs> trying to figure that out um you know but uh i'm a little i'm not the social media guy i'm uh yeah. <laughs> as you probably know but um but yeah please look look us up uh look i'll even give my cell phone number you can call me i don't care 914-409-6655 reach out to me and i'd be loved awesome master b this was great i, I appreciate your time and Drop us some knowledge here, and I hope some people take you up on that. Call you at two a.m. two a.m. in the morning. Yeah, please. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah, I should also mention that I really don't check my messages too often. <laughs> so, so you you will probably not get me real time, but uh, I'll get you. I will get back to you. That I promise. My email: c b e r l o w at empoweredmastery.com. All right, man. Well. Thank you so much for this Thank opportunity. Thank you too. And I'll send it over it. once it's all wrapped up and everything like that. But this was great. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Good. You happy? All right. Well, you send it over and I will send it out to 